0: Hi, I'm Katie Berglin, your podcast producer for the SMU Daily Campus. This episode of Ask the Expert was recorded in spring of 2023, but the discussion in the episode about SMU's Human Rights Program is still ongoing and relevant to the Hilltop. Following this episode, I encourage you to visit smudailycampus.com to read a story by our editor-in-chief, Ellis Rold, about the future of SMU's Human Rights Program. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to The Pony Pod, brought to you by the SMU Daily Campus. This episode is a part of our series called Ask the Expert, where we talk to students, faculty, alumni, and any one part of the SMU community with unique expertise. Joining me today is Leanna Forrest. Leanna is the president of the UKirk SMU Ministry and former event director of SMU's first Pride Visibility Day, as well as an accomplished dancer, human rights scholar, and pre-med student. I was lucky to be in the class Gender and Human Rights with Leanna last semester where she shared her experience of advocating for change with Meadows School of the Arts administrators. Largely because of the community mentors and training provided by SMU's Human Rights program, Leanna was able to work with a team of students and faculty to defend the rights of LGBTQ plus people in the Division of Dance. Because of the support of the Human Rights Program, Leanna has been able to continuously combine her passions for dance, faith, and LGBTQ rights and grow within the community of student leaders at SMU. I'm here with Leanna to get the full inside scoop on her journey as a leader on campus. I know there must have been a few hardships along the way, so I can't wait to hear this story. Hey Leanna, what's up?
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Alright, so let's just get right in. Um, firstly, I want to hear what
1: does a day in your life look like? Wow. Well, semester to semester, it looks super different because with dance, pre-med, human rights classes, like my schedule is different depending on what I'm taking, obviously. But when I first got here, I was taking a ton of science classes. So I would usually get up 7.30ish, try to do something active to warm up because I knew I wouldn't be able to get to class early to warm up mm. um, like closer to my dance classes. Um, but usually I'd have an academic science class maybe a lab, and then dancers are required to take a dance class every single day. So sometimes you'd be, like, sprinting from, mm-hmm. like, laundry science, like, <laughs> tearing off a lab coat, Yeah, and, like, I'm about to go point my toes at mm-hmm. the bar, and it's super fun. Um, and then usually I have, like, I try to give myself, like, at least 30 minutes for lunch, but I usually tend to take, like, 18 to 21 credits because I'm a transfer. Yeah. So the schedule's a bit intense, and then usually my classes end around 5, and then um, if I'm cast, I'm in rehearsals from 6 to 10 every weeknight. Wow. Um, so it's intense, but also, like, my dance classes kind of give me a brain break from, like, the academics. So it, it's it's easier to balance than you think it would be. Yeah, and then on top of that, you have everything you're doing. Totally. Willingly, adding to your <laughs> schedule, especially with human rights. Yes. So tell me a little bit about yourself. You came here from Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Where in Canada? Mm-hmm. I came from Edmonton, Alberta, which is the Texas of Canada. Yeah. Yeah, that seems silly to say, but it is. It's like oil country, and I grew up there. Um, and then I grew up as a dancer, and there's not really any BFA or degree programs in Canada that are as competitive as the ones in uh, America mm-hmm. and so my sister went to one first she did BFA dance at University of Arizona and so that kind of got me on the track of looking at performing programs in America um, and then I auditioned all senior year uh, ended up getting into a program in Oklahoma Oklahoma City University go which stars yes go <laughs> stars um, an amazing program I was thrilled to be accepted um, and I spent a year and a half there before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Super happy. I was doing musical theater. Um, and yeah, I loved the people, loved the program. But when COVID hit, it kind of had me like rethink like what I want to do and my time in school and to my father's joy, decided that I wanted to go back to finish my pre-med requirements while in undergrad, which was a stressful time figuring out how to transfer in the middle of COVID. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's how I ended up here at SMU. Um, I knew SMU had a great dance program because my sister auditioned here and almost went here. Um, but I was only really looking at the pre-med stuff. And then through like some weird correspondence with the dance program, asking if I could still take classes while I was here, um, I was offered the chance to audition for a major. And so I submitted a video and was accepted as a dance major in addition to my like pre-med sciences um and i say that because i've kind of bopped around from different degrees and (laughs) so (laughs) in in some that's why i was coming here Uh, but yeah and i got to dance and so that was kind of like a weird i mean for me it was like um kind of confirmation where i needed to be and felt very much like i'm a i'm a person of faith so felt very much of like a god thing for me Mm -hmm. um but that's kind of how i landed here at smu Right now you're
0: pre-med, you're on the pre-med track, you're a dance major and a human rights minor. Human rights major now. Major now. Yes. Okay.
1: Okay, fun. <laughs> I know, it's it's ridiculous and I have spent the last year of my life arguing with different advisors <laughs> being like, I don't think it's possible. And somehow, through the magic of the human rights program, mm-hmm. it's been made possible. Yep. So, yeah, currently I'm trying to finish three degrees. My pre-med is health and society. Okay. I started with biology, but um, yeah, just was frustrated with some of the classes you take towards the end of that degree, and so I decided to go, go like, the more, like, health ethics, um, medical anthropology is a great, great program at this school, yeah. so,
0: yeah. Well, it goes hand-in-hand hand with human rights, so it's perfect. Exactly, yeah.
1: Okay, moving on,
0: so you are a big part of Ukirk Ministries here on campus. Um, I just want to know, how did you get plugged into U-Kirk? How did you get to leadership, uh, just your experience with u Yeah,
1: man, I love U-Kirk too. Um, it was, again, kind of like a god thing for me. I ended up on this campus, didn't know a soul. There was a ton of social distancing going on, so it was really hard to feel connected to people and not super isolated. And just through some really random interactions, one of the dancers um, was in leadership for u Her name is Ruth Ferguson, Uh, And we ended up having coffee one day. I, like, spilled my whole life story to her. She told me to get coffee with the minister, Jesse Lightwells, um, which I did. Ended up spilling (laughs) my life story to her. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, and so it was totally just random. I ran into, like, Ucrack was so small at this time, and I ran into, like, probably, like, half, at least half of the, like... Um, continuously attending students, like in this span of a week, wow. and those were the people I was meeting. So it just, yeah, it was random. And you know, now three years later, I look back, and it definitely feels like a God moment, especially considering the fact that um, I thought I was straight <laughs> when <laughs> I fell into U Kirk. Yeah. and here I am, and I'm out, and I'm, um, I identify as a queer woman, and you know, getting to be UKirk's student president is mm-hmm. an honor because it really like shows me that I didn't know what I was needing at the time that I found UKirk mm-hmm. and UKirk being SMU's only open and affirming ministry meaning that it's the only ministry on campus that officially says that being gay is not a sin mm-hmm. or that um, all folks and all identities are like affirmed in our spaces um yeah I didn't I didn't know that's what I was choosing and it was like it was a home that I couldn't see I needed at the time and now it's been like so essential in me feeling comfortable in my identity. Yeah it really is
0: a home away from home you know. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay so what has your experience been like as a Meadows School of the Arts student? Yeah I love Meadows. Um, Meadows is one of those pockets on campus. UKERC is another. The human rights program is definitely another um, where there's just like a little bit more safety from some of like the more dominant like culture on campus that really, you know, the first thing that you think of when you think of SMU, white and wealthy and mm-hmm. straight, um, these little bubbles kind of protect and like celebrate and nourish students that don't necessarily fit into that mold. And so um, I've been really blessed with my experience at Meadows. The dance program is super intense, mm-hmm. but full of really wonderful people. Um, yeah, I've, I've been really enjoying my training there. It's it's feels like every big like training transition for me has like like for example studying Martha Graham modern dance or learning about the roots of jazz being like from the black community and like really Mm. understanding the historical context of that um Mm. has just been really important in like my training as a dancer but like also a human yeah um so I'm I'm super grateful for the the training and also just the mentors and the people in the program the dance program in particular we were such a small group and it's really easy. There's a, sometimes a lot of personalities and, you know, dance culture is also like a tough thing to navigate with as a community, but, um, it's really cool to see the work that's happening in those spaces right now. Yeah. I grew up dancing
0: for mm. years, so. So you know. It's hard
1: work. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Cause it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's tough to look at yourself all day, every day in a mirror and like evaluate yourself and, you know, there's, there's dynamics of competition because you only get to do your art form if like you're chosen to do your art form in a space. But ultimately all of us are there because we love to dance and it definitely, you know, connects us to each other and kind of grounds us and helps us like let go of some of like the harder dynamics that can come up. Yeah, that's a really
0: great way to put it. So how would you say that you know those dance classes that you're putting yourself through every single day, working hard in those. How is that different than putting yourself through pre med classes, working hard in those, and human rights as well? Mm-hmm. You know those are three very different topics, but you're all you're
1: plugged into every single one of them. What would you say is the same? What's the difference? Being here, um, it's been interesting because the central like passion that feels like what connects me um, to all the different disciplines that I'm studying is founded in this, like, desire to, like, defend and work for everyone's human rights. Mm. And I didn't even know that before I got here and before, like, I fell into the communities that I did. Like, so much of my time here was not intentionally chosen, but, like, the people that I met and the people that I got connected to, the mentors that I got connected to. So the disciplines are different, but for me, the passion actually feels the same. Because whether I'm in a dance class, like, working really hard, grinding to try to, like, improve my skills, really what I'm doing there in the space is what I care about more is, especially now having the language for it, I realize that, like, dance is a space that, you know, we need to improve in terms of... I keep using the word culture, but as a as an uh, anthropology student, that's like <laughs> that's definitely an anchor word for me. But uh, improving the the conditions for dancers, improving um, the way that we treat each other, and the way that our industry runs, and it's because I care about dance and I care about the people in dance, and I didn't know that like that that same passion could be defined through human rights, which is the same thing that draws me to maybe one day wanting to go to medical school. And um, you know improve folks' health um, in whatever way that is. So really, my disciplines are the things that I study. But why I'm there is this like connection to activism and human rights. That it's so wild that I came in here without having like the language for that. Mm-hmm. And the human rights program has really just changed my world in terms of giving me those words and that language. I've been talking to a lot of folks, especially in dance. Um, About, like, you know, as human rights students, we get the chance to study these things and learn, like, the terms, the theories, whatever. Yeah. But the reason why it's so impactful is because everyone, everyone experiences these things. Mm -hmm. Everyone lives in the same world, the same systems. And so, like, for example, in dance spaces, dancers might not have the same words for power dynamics or negative experiences that I have as a human rights student, but they're all experiencing it. Yeah. And they all care. And so when you give people those, like, tools and those language or and allow them to express themselves more freely and, like, kind of be able to articulate um, in, like, a, a common way, like, I mean, there's so much thought around language and human rights and the way that people learn about these things, but I found it really helpful to remember that, like, this is impactful to me because it's putting a name to something that I've already been experiencing, mm. and I think that's the same for anyone who can get exposed to this field. Yeah. I like, uh, you saying using it as a tool. Mm -hmm. That's
0: a great way to put it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, last year you went through an experience with the Meadows school. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Can you just walk me through sort of a timeline of your experience at
1: Meadows with the Meadows administrators, that whole situation? Yeah. So, This is kind of interesting because it's, again, a moment where I didn't intentionally choose to be put in the place that I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And it definitely feels kind of like um, a God moment of, like, development. And, like, you know, as human rights students, we often talk about the ways that uh, we're developed outside of our classes. And this was that moment for me. It was the first time where I actually, like, felt empowered enough to use these skills Mm -hmm. outside of the classroom. And I didn't even really know that until after so uh in summary it was basically just uh an issue that came up regarding protecting um the rights of queer students and that was clashing a little bit with uh a hiring policy and without getting into too many specifics basically it was just that me and some other students and other faculty um kind of had to advocate for this fact that we're in a changing world and um the the policies around hiring should be inclusive to make sure that we're hiring folks that reflect our values especially if we have those defined values about non-discrimination and protecting like the well-being of our students and staff that includes lgbtq persons and so it was in all a positive experience because i was put in these rooms alongside other students and staff where we were having some pretty scary conversations and, you know, it was hard, and those, those things are hard in schools and, like, in academia, but ultimately the administration was super, you know, willing to listen, and they wanted to do the right thing, and I'm really grateful that I had the people in those rooms that I did, and all that would have been completely impossible if I hadn't had the foundation of the human rights program, because when this stuff came up, when we learned about this stuff... Um, I didn't know what to do you know Mm -hmm. and so I was able to connect with some mentors that were able to kind of really it was mostly just like empower me and empower the other folks that were dealing with it to do what we knew was right and gratefully you know we had people making the decisions that we trust and they ended up making the right decisions and um, yeah we're on the right side of history in that way and it was just a chance to basically get Meadows to show like that they would stand up for our, their student, their career students and staff. Mm-hmm. And they did. Yeah. Um, but still navigating that situation would have been so much more difficult had I not had the human rights program. Yeah, for sure. Especially going
0: back to what you were saying earlier, you know, you were saying Meadows is one of those pockets on campus. And, you know, I, like I said, I grew up dancing. I just know that performing specifically is such a unique experience, as such a, like a family. I don't want to mm-hmm. say that, you know, like mm-hmm. oh, everything's like a family, but it's, it's you like a, real close. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's a deep relationship that but I yes. have not found yes. in any other activity that mm-hmm. I've found, you know, with my high school dance team. Right. So uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about, you know, using your voice
1: on campus, protecting your family? So I guess in general, I would just empower students to know that like, they have a right and a voice Mm -hmm. to do that in wherever they find themselves. There's this idea of like an arena of struggle um, that we've been talking about in a, in our ethics and human rights class. Mm. It's this idea that wherever you find yourself, there's ways to kind of be a change maker or like ally yourself with the people next to you and make changes for the better. Um, And so I guess, yeah, it's just like recognizing that like you have a right to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, we're all kind of called to do that, I believe, and it's so much, you can do it in such small ways and in every single circle that you find yourself in. In my view on it, the human rights program kind of funnels into a lot of those safe pockets on campus, and it's so that, like, you know, me as a meadow student can be doing the work in Meadows or, like, in a ministry space. It's, it really feels like this source of support and change-making that, connects to a lot of other and uplifts so many different places on campus yeah
0: when you got on campus as a transfer student you were in dance and pre-med only right Mm -hmm. what uh, in your experience led you to the human rights program you know what was your first class like where you were like oh my god like I need to do this I need to utilize this opportunity on campus because correct me if
1: I'm wrong SMU is one of only eight seven Mm -hmm. or eight human rights programs in the country yeah that sounds right yeah and specifically being in the South is an extra, like, historical yeah, context. Yeah, for sure. Where, yeah, we're definitely in a unique program. In my story, what actually got me connected to the program was relationships. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, in those classes, actually having the experience of realizing that I was queer um, through forming relationships with folks. And kind of after that class, the evolution of finding my community, um, really being able to, like, claim my identity Um, and in that way like a lot of the people that came and like supported me and held me through my coming out process were human rights students and I looked around and I saw this like bone deep desire to like show up for people and like yeah hold you when something when you know you you know what is hitting the fan Mm -hmm. and I saw that in human rights students around me and it felt like something I wanted to nurture in myself, and so that's when I started to kind of get deeper with the program, and eventually, you know, here I am as a major. Which yeah, so it wild. was really the community that drew you Definitely. in. Are you graduating in May? I'm graduating in May, okay. yes. Okay, so almost there. I know, we're so close. Um, part of the reason why, you know, like I wanted to sit down and chat with you today mm-hmm. and kind of share my a slice of my story, the Human Rights Program is in trouble um, in terms of sustainability and funding and um it's it's definitely something that i that is weighing me down looking towards my future and looking towards graduating leaving this program because it's the thought that folks coming up behind me won't have the same opportunities or the same development that i got to have while here um and, yeah, I guess I just wanted to share a little bit about it. Yeah, please um, do. For the last six or more years, we've been really, you know, pushing the fundraising and doing all that we can for a new endowment that would allow the program to exist. Um, but there's been very little support from the university in doing so, which is, you know, pretty wild considering last year, 7 out of 10 M Award, which is, mm. if you don't know, the like one of the most prestigious awards on campus. Um, 7 out of 10 of them were human rights students. Of course. Um, and so, yeah, we have to try to find either support through the university or through outside donors to raise, like, $5 million in order to complete the new endowment. Um, and so he, we're kind of starting this, like, movement to try to raise awareness of this issue because, like I said, if you look into any, like, pocket on, the, on this campus where change is happening, um, chances are it's linked to the human rights program and not a lot of people know that this funding issue is occurring. You know, this whole time we've been
0: talking about, you know, your time as a leader in newkirk your time with the human rights program, your time with Pride Visibility Day and heading up that, which was incredible and is happening again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, your time on the dance program and, you know, making change, making waves there. Mm-hmm. And all of it just seems to have the motif of the human rights program Mm -hmm. and how, you know, you kind of stumbled into it. But once you were there, you were like, this, this is it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see that like this has made so much change on campus, specifically through you as a leader. Mm -hmm. I admire you for all that you've done with that. Um, And, you know, it's sad to think that these tools, like you were saying, won't be accessible Mm -hmm. to people coming up soon if something isn't done.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because you can look at one student like me and like my story cannot be disconnected from like the community around me you know ash t's head of period project right now doing a myriad of incredible work claire jansen is the pride visibility day event director of this year and you know so many folks um jara's podcast maladjusted like there's there's so much work happening on this campus and like i said um, we, we can't be disconnected from each other because what unites us is this incredible life-changing program that, I mean, this campus needs, but ultimately the world needs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. If you talk to Dr. Halpern, who's the head of the human rights program, he often talks about how his call is to like raise the next generation of people who are going to like, you know, revolutionize the human rights world or change the world. And I wouldn't say this without, you know, really believing it, but the Human Rights Program is strong enough that I believe that to be true. Like, I believe the people that are leading this program and are touched by this program really do have a profound impact on the world mm-hmm. as soon as they leave. And yeah. I mean, it's evident from the work that they are already doing. Yeah. So, yeah, Human Rights Program
0: is in trouble. hmm and it's a groundbreaking program on mm-hmm. this campus, as you can see through your story, mm-hmm. and I'll be heartbroken mm-hmm. if it's
1: going so. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think that anyone who has seen this campus, you know, change or evolve or improve, um, I would really like appreciate a, a moment of reflection to think about like, how that was possible Mm-hmm. And if anyone wants to be a part of protecting the human rights program or uplifting it in any way uh, during this like really scary time, like there's a way to do that. We need everyone's help. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's going to need collective action for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's there's a place for everyone in this movement right now. Yeah. So do you have anything that else you want to bring up? Anything
0: coming up exciting for you before we head on out? No, this was this
1: was so wonderful. I always love chatting with you on yeah. our, especially like on our Sunday night euchre. Of course, <laughs> but this was this was fun, a little bit more formal. Well, thank you so much
0: for talking with me today about human rights, about your experience in Meadows. I'm just, I'm in awe of you. You really are an expert. And thanks for sitting down with me. Thanks so much for being... Thanks for listening to this episode of Ask the Expert on the Pony Pod. Special thanks to Ukrainian artist Koma Studio for the music track. Follow us on Instagram at SMU Daily Campus and Twitter and Facebook at The Daily Campus. Until next time, pony up!